Welcome back to episode nine of The Thermometer with Nolan Thompson and Will Fritz. We've got a big episode planned for you guys today. It's not going to be as long, but there's some good stuff going going around in baseball right now. Wild card races are starting to heat up a little bit. There's a lot going on with kind of people being released and people wondering why they're being released. So we're going to kind of jump straight into it. Nolan, how are we feeling? Pretty, pretty good. Obviously, the Angels kind of being a very disappointing team after they traded for a lot of guys at the deadline. They released Reynaldo Lopez, Giolito, Randall Grichik, and Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. And ba- so basically they're out of playoff contention. Like if you go over, look on fan graphs, it says they have a 0% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. So it's a it, it, like, it it's makes sense. It makes sense in a video game, but like obviously it's going to make the fans angry and it's just not great optics. And they're, yeah. I think they're saving like $8 million in salary. So, well, they just, they just moved Edgar Caro for, I think Edgar Caro and one other piece. If I go back and look at our notes from the trade deadline episode, give me one second. Yeah. It was like, I think it was Kai Bush was his name. Yeah. Edgar Caro and Kai Bush for, yeah. so they basically said Edgar Caro and Kai Bush to the White Sox for nobody at this point. I mean, I think looking back on it, I thought, like, oh, it's a fine trade. Like, they're not amazing prospects. But the thing is, is, like, if you go look at Lucas Giolito's numbers, like, they weren't actually good, that good. Like, yeah. his ERA was solid, but all the other ERA projector stats were, like, in the mid to high fours. Yeah. So even, even if it would have gone well and the Angels would have made the playoffs, it just... Just looking at the trade on its face value, kind of looking back, it didn't really make much sense. For but. sure. For sure. Um, but we're going to talk mainly wild card today, so I want to get kind of into there. There's a lot. Uh, uh, we should also first, before we move on, um, if you if nobody heard uh, Shohei Otani from the first doctor's report towards UCL, I think he's still waiting on a second opinion. I mean, But he did tear his ACL. There's a lot UCL. of speculation on what it's or yeah UCL. There's a lot of speculation on what's really gonna, what's going on with him. What's gonna happen next year? Is it gonna change his contract? Yeah. Um, I've heard that there's, there could be a potential, like he might accept a qualifying offer now because there's he might get different value since he's probably not gonna be pitching next year. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that Japanese pitchers have like different training regimes when they come up. Yeah. They pitch with a lot more volume when yeah. they train. So this is Otani's second Tommy John, but a lot of times people have like pitched through UCL injuries or it's like a yeah. partial tear. Like yeah. here in the US they tend to like rip off the band-aid right away and just even if you have a partial tear, they just give you the, the surgery right away. The fact that they haven't decided yet is a little like skeptical. I mean, I would try to get it as soon as possible because like the Angels aren't doing anything this year, so I don't think you it don't really matters. A, you don't like you could say, "Oh yeah, we want him to hit for the rest of the." I mean, I would just get it done because then maybe you're looking at like he might potentially pitch next postseason. You know what I mean? If he gets it right now, yeah. But the fact that they're it's kind of it's kind of skeptical that they haven't come out with like he's gonna get Tommy John in the off season. I mean, I don't think the Angels care because they know he's gone. Yeah. Like, the Angels would prefer him to play right now because they probably won't have him next year. Mm-hmm. And he's but still hitting amazing too with a torn Mike UCL. Mike Trout went back down. Yeah. 
he came up for a game, went back down. Um, he's still dealing with his wrist. The, I mean, shut him down for the rest of the year, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, at what point does Mike Trout request a trade? Yeah. I, I mean, I, that has so to be weird. the next it's step. So, yeah. Because he's been, like, the perfect player where he's been so good for so long, but he's, like, never publicly came out and seemed, like, he's angry never with the he's organization. Never anything against the Angels. Yeah. yeah. So I think almost, like, his professional courtesy, they should trade him. Yeah. I mean, but I think the thing is, is like, they would probably have to give up, like, Back in return, they'd have to get somebody who's making a lot of money or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, if AJ Preller is still around in the offseason, maybe they like trade Xander Bogarts and his big contract for Mike Trout. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds insane, but like, AJ Preller would like do anything. So he he would. Um, Let's keep moving. Let's talk about wildcard a little bit. Um, It's like wild. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that we need to? touch on for like headlines i don't think i don't so. think so yeah so oh uh felix bautista also has a strained ucl so he's most likely done for the year terrible news for the orioles they're kind of now they're kind of making this move on yanir kano and now shintaro fujinami are going to be their back-end guys which is a huge drop off from having from going from felix bautista to shintaro fujinami um it's you had the best reliever in baseball so far this year. And like, what, what do you I mean, kind of take makes, away from the, what do you, what, how much do you think this affects the Orioles? I, I don't think it affects them that much. I think people always overvalue relievers. Like even the best relievers aren't very, aren't that valuable. And people always talk about, Oh, you have to have somebody to close out the ninth. But in reality, the ninth inning isn't any different from the first inning. So yep. I think relievers are kind of not talked about. I don't think it, or they're, also, their they're importance very, is overstated. They're very, they're very inconsistent. Like you saw Rafael Montero get that, what was it, three-year deal this past offseason. And it's really rare to see like a three-year deal with a reliever because it's typical that they're not like a, a lot can change in a year for a reliever. You see it all the time. Well, and it's just natural variation too. Like yeah. a lot of times a reliever could be a guy with like a three, like say his true talent is to have a three, five ERA. Like he's only throwing probably like 75 innings throughout the whole year. Yeah, so he, yeah. even if his true talent is having a three, five, he could just the variate, like there could be some natural variation in one year. Yeah. He could just have a two, two. And yeah, for sure. It doesn't really, like, it's very easy for their ERA to fluctuate because their whole season sample is not very big. Yeah. All right, let's kind of start with these fringe playoff teams, guys who are fighting for a wild card. We're including the third division winner, too, right now in each the, each of the AL and the NL because they're going to be playing a wild card game, wild card series as well. So we have... We're in the AL. We're going to discuss the Twins, the Mariners, the Rangers, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox. And in the NL, we're going to discuss the Brewers, the Cubs, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, and the Marlins. So let's start with the AL. Let's not start with the Twins. They're pretty much they're. Let's start with the Red Sox. Let's get the Red Sox out of the way. Okay, yeah. Let's start with the Red Sox. So their playoff chance is four point seven percent. I don't think that they're a team that's going to. First of all their chances are already so low and 
I don't even think if they like they're not really worth talking about because I think even if they make the playoffs, they don't have the ability to outperform a team like the Minnesota Twins. So if they sneak into that third wild card spot, I don't think that there's any chance that Ryan Bale, Chris Sale, and Cutter Crawford I think, can do damage I, against I mean, the Twins rotation. I mean, I think I think they c- it's potential a poor matchup for the Twins because I think it would actually be James Paxton going, and we know the Twins are horrible against left-handed pitching. So if they had Chris Sale and James Paxton and Brian Bayo pitch in a series against the Twins, I don't think that would be too bad considering the fact that, you know, that the Twins cannot hit left-handed pitching. So, I mean, that's an interesting factor, but they have to make it in the first place and i probably don't think that's gonna happen so yeah that's a good point it's a good point thanks for bringing that up um next we got the blue jays at 43 percent so they're trying to sneak into that third wild card spot um boba and matt chapman both just went down with injuries and we're not super vladdy hasn't been playing well so uh, you kind of deal with so you go into the playoffs with Gosman, Barrios, Bassett, and then a mix of Hyunjin Ryu, who's been, I in my opinion, I mean he's been outperforming my expectations after taking that long hiatus, or Yusei Kikuchi. Um, they've got a really solid bullpen too. So if they had a healthy Matt Chapman, if they had a healthy Bo Bichette, and if they had like a performing Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think that they could definitely do some damage. And they can because if they get hot at the right time, but there's just so many other teams that are getting hot yeah. right now, I, and I don't think that they have a huge chance. Yeah, I think one thing to think about is they need to get hot in their next nine games because they have three in Colorado, three in Oakland, and then three versus Kansas City at home. Yep. So, like, I mean, I think – they got to win at least six games from those nine, preferably like seven. So, I mean, they have a pretty easy schedule, and I could definitely see them sneaking in there. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been so horrible in the field, but he's also another thing to consider is his ex Woba is fifty points higher than his Woba. So, we've been we have been mentioning that since the deadline or since since the All Star break. I remember walking out and saying or. We came on this podcast and we were talking about how Vladimir Herrera Jr. is due to he's due for aggression. He's a, like his X12 has been higher than his well with pretty much the whole year. We're expecting him to get better, and it still just hasn't quite happened yet. Um, and they need him more than ever right now. More than yeah. ever right now. Um, let's look at the Rangers schedule. So Rangers in the next few weeks. They've got Minnesota for three again. They just lost three or four to Minnesota. So they got, but they get Minnesota at home. Um, and then they face Houston at home. They face Oakland at home, which will help. I think that this Toronto, this Toronto, Texas series in September and mid September, that's it's a four game series in September. That's going to be a really interesting series to tune into. Um, that's in Toronto. Then we've got, they've got three games against Cleveland. They've got a series against the Red Sox, which I like. Seriously, they have seven of their last ten games are against the the Seattle Mariners. So that will be a fun like. That'll yeah, be definitely. On the track. Who's gonna get hot at the end here? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one thing to talk about the Rangers is some of the guys that were like performing offensively have either kind of cooled off or have, you know, gone on the aisle like Josh Young, but like Jonah yeah. Heim really hasn't been the same. Yeah. Like obviously like Ezekiel Duran and Leode Tavares like weren't gonna have, like they're not gonna they're not gonna have a like they're not gonna have like an eight fifty OPS. Like that's just yeah. not happening. Yeah. Like they've still been good play like fine players, but they're not gonna be that productive offensively. I mean yeah. the top of their lineup is still incredible. And I think I mean Jordan Montgomery and Max Scherzer have both been amazing for them and John, but like I, the issue is, is like Keeney and Dane Dunning have been horrible recently, and John Gray has been pretty bad too. I mean, I mean, I think the big they have thing to win game one and two, yeah, they and, have to win game one and they have two. to get a, a similar conversation to the Diamondbacks if they end up making it. But they're one of those teams where if you don't want it, you don't want to play a game three in the wild card series. As yeah, the I mean, yeah, I mean the other thing is about Nathan Avaldi though. So where's he at right now? Yeah, so I'm just trying to look like what his injury situation is. He threw a light bullpen this past Wednesday. Um, that's not very. I mean, that's not super. Convincing. I mean, it was. I think before it was kind of like, oh, he just needs to be ready for the playoffs because we're 100 percent going to be in. But they've yeah. been on this horrible stretch, and now it's like they might need him we in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I think... they're going to be an interesting team to follow. I think that they can make noise in the playoffs, considering that we just mentioned. And if if they have if they end up getting Evaldi back, that's a huge upgrade for them because then you can kind of mismatch a uh, John Gray or an Andrew Heaney game four rather than trying to figure that out for game three. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this thing where like game four, what you do is you just use like two starting pitchers, but then you don't you have like a super short hook. So you like stack yeah. them on top of each other. Yeah. And then especially if you have like one a righty, one a lefty, it can like kind of screw up like teams platoons and make them yeah. use their pinch hitters earlier in the game. And it gives you a little bit of a strategic advantage, especially because the Rangers do have so many lefties in their bullpen. Cause like Martin Perez is in their bullpen right now. But he has the, like he, he would, he could, he could be a guy that has the ability if you put, John, so say Yavaldi doesn't come back in time. I think it would be John, cool. you or you go Heaney in Game Three probably. Yeah, and then you can go, you can start John Gray in Game Four, and then if have him on a short hook, and then br- bring in a guy like Martin Perez, who obviously is in their bullpen technically right now, but could be a long relief and be being ro- long relief for them. Um, I think that that could oh. be an option. Yeah. So speaking of the Rangers, I think one thing to talk about. That's like kind of associated with the Rangers. He was traded away from the Rangers for Aroldis Chapman. Oh, we better and talk that's about Cole Raggins. Cole Raggins is yeah. somehow, <laughs> I don't even know. Like Since being traded to the Royals, he's made seven starts, 1.73 ERA. But his FIP is actually lower, 1.68 FIP. Wild. That's like Jacob deGrom. Like, he's striking out 12 batters per nine, only walking yeah. 2.3. Like, he has just been incredible. Like, it's... I don't know why. Like, I'm looking at, like, the Fangraphs prospect report. I they have him at a 45 fastball. But he averages, like, 97 miles per hour on his fastball from the left side. Yeah. I mean, it, that's like a Jesus Lazardo type thing. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't like, and, rank super high and in he, that stuff category, but... 
I mean, he has a plus. hundred plus. What, you, what were you going to say? I was going to say he has like a plus changeup too. So, and that's yeah. obviously really important for left-handed pitchers going up against yeah. righties. So, I mean, I'm just looking at the sort of teams he faced. I mean, he's faced Oakland, Pittsburgh. Did do well against Tampa Bay Rays. So he's had mixed competition, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like this game against Oakland, six innings pitched, no walks, no two hits, eleven Ks was just incredible. So yeah, I mean, it's just one thing to think about. Just keep yeah, keep following Cole Reagans. Follow. I mean, there's not many pluses going on for the Royals right now, but watching turning it on, turning on a Cole Reagan start and watching Bobby Witt play, I think like that's yeah, not that, that's, that's exciting. Not that in the world on a on a Thursday night. But, yeah. Um, let's keep going uh the front of the wild card right now is the seattle mariners we've talked about them in the past we've mentioned they were kind of weird i remember us discussing in our power rankings around the all-star break discussing kind of this twins mariners going back and forth on these two teams and these are the two teams that we're now going to talk about the seattle mariners have completely turned things around we expected that this might happen eventually. They needed guys to start hitting again. J Rod has taken that. He's run. He is like on an electric stretch right now. Tay Oscar's hitting again. That's huge for them. Um, they're starting to figure things out at the plate, and we knew that once they started figuring things out at the plate, they're starting. They're starting pitching, and their bullpen. It'll just totally like put them on a launch pad. Yeah, just go crazy. So they're at a playoff chance of 86%. We know their rotation. They've got kind of like led by their three-headed monster of Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. And then I feel like they're probably going to mismatch whether they want to go with Brian Wu or they want to go with Bryce Miller. Game four is really – I'm very curious to see who they go to. Bryce Miller has a little more experience, but Brian Wu has – his numbers look slightly better. Um, I don't know how, if they were to draw a team like the Blue Jays, I don't know how, like, well, I, I, I don't know. They would get the, um, I would go to Wu, but they would get like the Rays in the first, like the Rays are probably going to be a wild card team, but we're not talking about them because they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think this, it's probably like the most likely scenario is like, depending like the Astros or the Mariners win the West and then whoever doesn't is going to end up having to play the Rays, which I think is like a really unfortunate draw in the wildcard matchup. But I mean, as a, like, as a Minnesota twins fan, I've never been so not excited to play any of these teams, to be honest, like whether, whether the twins draw the Rays, the Mariners, the Rangers, no, the, they, they wouldn't play the Rays. They would play whoever the last place wildcard team is. So probably the Mariners or the probably the Mariners or the Rangers. The rain or the Blue Jays or the Red Sox. I think that yeah, I don't want to play any of them. I mean, if the Red Sox sneak in, I think that their their lineup has the least star power. I mean, they have Verdugo who's been playing well. They have Tristan Casas. They obviously have Rafael Devers, but I don't necessarily want to play Kevin Gosman. In the playoffs, I don't necessarily I mean, want to play Scherzer and Montgomery in the playoffs. I, I think the Blue Jays would probably be the best matchup for the Twins. 
I agree. Um, well, just continuing on with the Mariners, I mean, like all their guys have turned it on, like Suarez and especially Cal Raleigh. It's been amazing recently. We talked about and, I, we talked about Eugenio and, and knew that he would eventually turn it around. He was the unluckiest player in baseball yeah. for a while there. And Teoscar Hernandez too has had a 190 WRC plus in August, so he's been going nuclear recently. Yeah. Um. They're playing good baseball, so I think that they're pretty close to a lock at this point. Like I said, that that last seven-game stretch between the Rangers and the Mariners to kind of make that deciding factor on who's going to be where, whether it's two, whether it's three. Um, and then don't forget about the Blue Jays either. Yeah. Let's move on to the – I think we should just talk about the Twins since they're, they're going to end up playing a wild-card series. Um, you – you have you're gonna have a mix of Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez game one and two. Everyone kind of knows that. And then you probably go to Joe Ryan from there. Yep. And then it's a mix of do you go to Maeda? Do you mix it with Keichel? Do you mix no, Maeda you don't, you don't, do you start with Ober? Do you, don't, you go it, from Ober to Keichel? It's, they're not gonna go with Keichel. They're not gonna go with Keichel. You don't think that they'll even bring him in or in relief? No. Five I mean three point five ERA, five point five one XCRA, five point one four XFIP. He's this is his like he's striking out three batters per nine and walking three batters per nine. That sounds scary. If we ended up they're, if they end up if they end up drawing like the Blue Jays and dude, I see Vladdy come up to the plate with a guy on first and second. Dallas Keuchel's just Keuchel's dude. Dallas Keuchel is just eating. The only reason he's on the roster is so because they're like shutting down Bailey Ober for a little bit because he yeah. they sent him down to AAA. Yeah, but I saw that. This is like his season high this year in terms of innings by far. I mean, yeah, some interesting bullpen options like Ronnie Henriquez maybe, but I I, I don't know. I think well, uh, the Twins have come under criticism for not adding to their bullpen, which has been pretty average this year. So maybe somebody like Louis Varlin could come up and Brock Stewart coming off the aisle could help them along with possibly moving Kent Maeda or Bailey over to the bullpen. Yeah. And then also Byron Buxton did play center field yesterday at the AAA affiliate. He went one for two with a single and two walks and he looked fine out there, I guess. And Alex Kirloff's coming back too. So I think that the only person that we can listen to about how good he felt in the outfield is himself. So, um, I mean, I think it, it, it was a it was a long time coming. And I, when that report came out, like, oh, they're considering moving him to the outfield. I think a lot of Twins fans were saying, were were we not considering? I mean, moving him because yeah. he was a DH for so long that we got used to it. I think the problem is is that right now your DH is like your DH in Game One of the playoff series is Edward Julian. And yeah. then also at the position he plays second base is Jorge Polanco, and you want to keep him in your lineup too. Yeah. So there's like no room. Like you would have to take out like Julian Polanco or like Royce Lewis, and then like move Polanco over to third, which is something I don't think they really want to do. It's gonna be really crowded when he comes back. Like he needs to be in center field for it to work for like the lineup to work correctly. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing I would say is I think the Joey Gallo saga is coming to an end. He was I, agree. I don't like, know if he's gonna play 
playoff baseball. Yeah, well, I think especially how Matt Walner's been playing recently, I don't think that there's going to be like well, there's I think... not really room. I, well, Alex Kirloff will come back. I think probably yeah, for the Mets. Comes back, yeah. He's gone, and then Buxton will replace Luplo. So, I mean, if you just think about like what their lineup would look like, it would be like Julian at DH, Jeffers at catcher. At first, it would be probably Kirloff. Kirloff. Second would be or, Polanco. Or, yeah. Correa, and then like Lewis, and then your outfield would be like. Bucks and Walner Kepler and like I think like Max Kepler has been like absolutely unbelievable recently yeah people I feel like he's definitely been falling under people's radars as of recent yeah if he hits if he's hitting the way he's been hitting recently then he's like arguably like a top 15 20 outfielder because of his defense yeah so he has a 120 WRC plus on the season which is crazy to think about and his no one, yeah. his Woba is still twenty points lower than his ex Woba. Like he's crushing the ball, and the Twins use him as a platoon bat anyway. So if you go look at it against right-handed pitching, or oh, this year versus left-handed pitch, like he's been a platoon bat in the past. This year he has a one hundred two WRC plus versus left-handed pitching, which is interesting. To, so to be fair, he does typically like to drill the ball, like down the right not down the right field line but at the first baseman like in his career his woba has typically fallen under his ex woba like 2022 it was 40 points lower 2021 it was 40 points lower 2020 it was 12 points lower it was higher in 2019 but i mean before that it was about the past couple careers his woba has settled under his ex woba but even if he found he finds it somewhere in the middle he's got a 343 woba with a 364 X Woba. So if he even if he falls around a 115, 120 WRC plus, that's a big plus for an outfield. Yeah, especially with his amazing defense. And yeah. Um, who do you think out of all these teams, if you're putting money down to win the World Series? Probably I would say number one, the Rangers. Yeah. And then number two, I'm split between the Twins and the Mariners. I mean, I, it just depends on, like, which lineup you believe in more because, I mean, I think they both have very good starting rotations. I mean, I would probably put the Mariners ahead of the Twins just because I think their bullpen's better. I think the lineup is similar, and I think their starting rotation is slightly better than the Twins yeah. as well. So, um, You want to move on to the NL? Yeah. So I think the thing about the NL it, the, or the National League is that it's a lot less open because we're going to talk about a lot of teams here. Like, So teams we're going to discuss is the Brewers, Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Reds, Marlins. And I can I yeah. just really don't see any of these teams going deep in the playoffs. Like They're all incredibly flawed teams. And I think the National League has kind of like two teams, like the Dodgers and the Braves, that just stand out from yeah. everyone else. Like. That has to be the NLCS. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. has to be the series. Like who? Like the team. I think the team with the next best record is the Brewers. But like the Brewers lineup is just so. I I, I mean I don't know. Like poverty is the word I would come up with. Like they just do not. I have... think that I think that it's like besides. Besides Christian Yelich, there's not a pop, not a lot of pop going on in the lineup. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's not... Like, I don't know, like, if, like, the bottom half of their order is, like, Mark Hanna and Bryce Terang and Tyrone Taylor. Like, they just don't have that much pop. And, like, while people believe in Sal Freelick, like, Sal Freelick is your cleanup hitter, right? But, I like, I don't really believe in him being, like, better than a league average hitter because, like, 315x Wobon is below average. And he's I think that Willie Adamas in past years could have like provided a lot of value for this lineup. William like, Contreras has also been hitting better recently, but yeah. I think that if they had like a Willie Adamas who was hitting in that three spot rather than Carlos Santana, I think that, that would like dude Carlos Carlos Santana is a below average hitter. He's a ninety five WRC plus, and he's yeah. your everyday three hitter. And it, his yeah. xwoba is lower than his woba too. It's like yeah, he is like not a good hitter. Like. If you go look at any of these other teams we talked about, like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rangers, the the Mariners, or the Twins, like Carlos yeah. Santana is not in their lineup. Like, not yeah, he's not sure. at the top of their lineup. He is not in their lineup, and so that's the reason that I don't really believe in the Brewers. But like I said, I've said this before, but I the cut like that the Brewers and the Giants just remind me of the Rays from last year. Because we all saw their wild card series versus the uh, the Guardians, where they scored like one run in twenty five innings and couldn't do anything yeah. offensively. Because they're going to be facing some of the best pitching. Like if they're facing the Giants in the wild card, like I don't really believe in them to do anything against that type of pitching. I mean, the craziest part though, they just went on a like what was it, a ten game winning streak. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just hard. And, and it was against the Rangers, two games against the Twins, and three games against the Padres, who are kind of just falling apart right now. But um, like, and they just they just dropped two in a row to the to the Cubs. And I think that if we're comparing the Cubs versus the Brewers, so say that's a division series matchup. Yeah, I think like I take I the Cubs. I think all that day. the Cubs would totally destroy the brewers like yeah they are 25th in the league in ops but yeah. they're 18th in runs scored so yeah, i think so they're, game, they're game go ahead i think they're having like an incredible amount of sequencing luck because yeah they're 25th in ops and 18th in runs scored which just shouldn't happen yeah um let's move on let's kind of start from the bottom of the, the well, rest I, of the i, I, I have one more you thing to talk about the marlins Okay, I have one more thing about the Brewers. So I've mentioned the stat before. It's called base runs. And basically, yep. it just takes each individual plate appearance and separates it. So there's no games. You just take... It's like plate appearances in a row. So it has nothing yeah. to do with sequencing. Yeah. Their base runs record this year is 65 and 68. Yeah, so if they, if you take out like... Like, yeah. Okay, I, you know, I see what you're saying. I don't. I don't think that it necessarily matters at this point. They also are playing their their upcoming series. They've got three three games against Philadelphia. They got three games at Pittsburgh. They got three games against the Yankees. Um, they've got seven games coming up against the Marlins. It will be the last. The I think last three games of the season between the Cubs and the Brewers are also going to be an interesting watch. Yeah, they're just an interesting team because I look at their lineup and I'm like, Christian Yelich and William Contreras are like your only good hitters. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the Marlins. They have a 10.3% chance to make the playoffs right now. 
I mean, you're going to if if they sneak in, you're going to Sandy, you're going to Jesus Lazardo, you're, and then you're mixing. I would say Yuri Perez or Braxton Garrett game three and four. I think they go Yuri Perez just because their numbers are pretty similar. But I think just Yuri, I think Yuri Perez is definitely the better pitcher just because his he's really... especially since they don't have to be too worried about like like him getting exhausted late in the season since they kind of shut him down earlier. Yeah. I think that he's kind of going to be fresh for them and he's going to be able to, he could give them like a good game three start, but that's assuming that they make the playoffs, which I don't think is something that we can assume at all at a 10.3% chance. Yeah. Um, let's go on to the reds though. I don't think there's a lot of, there's a, not a lot going on in the Marlins lineup. Like Jake Berger and Josh Bell have been hitting well since coming over, but I think that besides that, it's like Luis Arias hasn't been the same. Yeah. We knew that if he's not if he's not hitting 380, if he's not hitting even if he's not hitting like for high average, he's going to be around an average hitter because he doesn't bring that power aspect. Yeah, and th- their bullpen is not very good. Like they tried to bolster it with David David Robinson, he's been horrible for them. Yep. And they have like Scott and Nardi who's been solid, but then the rest of their bullpen is just. AJ Puck has been struggling. He was yeah. kind of their guy for the first half, and he hasn't been recently. Um, so their bullpen's for sure struggling. Uh, I don't think that they're they're I not going to make the playoffs. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that they will. Um, moving on to the Reds, I feel like we've talked about the Reds a lot this year. Um, it, they're a fun team to watch. Don't get me wrong. Playoff chance of fourteen point seven percent. They'll probably end up going to a mix of Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, and then probably like Andrew Abbott game three. Yeah. And then game four is if, I mean, they're probably not going to play a game four because I don't think that they're going to make it past the wild card round. Um, but they did just pick up Harris. They probably go to Green game one, and then, they, then they go to Ashcraft, and then they go to Abbott. And I don't think that's a terrible top three, but I think that there's just a lack of, they're just a year away. They're not there yet. Yeah, and they are. Any of them are quite there yet, and this is, it's the same thing with their lineup too. They are banged up too. Like Matt McLean is hurt right now, and Jake. Yep. Jake Fraley's hurt as well, and those are like, like Matt McLean obviously is big for them, and like Jake Fraley just gives them some of the balance in the outfield because now I think they're probably gonna be playing Hunter Renfro every day. Yeah. So like, if they had some sort of platoon, it would be pretty strong. But and they did pick up Harrison Bader as well. And I, I, I mean, their bullpen is not very good too. And I think, I mean, Brandon Williamson has been not very good this year and they don't really have any fifth starter right now. So, I mean, I think if they got to the playoffs, like their starting rotation would be fine. But if you go and look down the other, like look up and down the other teams, you'd be like, oh, this is like probably the worst one, even though you think, oh, these are all solid pitchers. Yep. Um, I think that they're not in like too far of a spot away from like the diamondbacks for example i mean the diamondbacks kind of have that like they have like that top two look with gallon and kelly we mentioned how it's like they're gonna need to win game one and two because game three you're probably going to brandon fought who's definitely looked better he's down to like I- i'm saying he's down to he's down to a 4.27 expected fib in the second half so like it's it's better than what it was because he was getting absolutely cooked when he came up and then he got sent back down, he's looked better since coming back. But then if they end up winning, like even if they end up winning a wild card series, like game four is going to be a mess yeah. because 
are you starting Zach Davies game four? That is an automatic like disadvantage, no matter pretty much whoever you're playing. And it's not like you can go to a bolt. Like that's their the bullpen is, is not good either. Yeah. So like, like the giants, for example, we're about to get to them. They're going to probably going to have to go to a bullpen game, game four, but they're 11th in bullpen ERA. The Diamondbacks are 25th in year in bullpen ERA. So it's, you can't say, oh, we'll, we'll throw in a mix of Andrew Chafin and Mark Melanson and uh, uh, Paul Seawald, who like, or no, Chafin's gone. My fault. Chafin's gone. But you got Seawald. He hasn't been good. So it, they tried to add. It didn't work. I don't, I'm not confident in their bullpen. I'm not confident in their starting rotation. And you need a perfect start from Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly because they're going to be – if they get this, if they slide into the last spot and they get the Brewers, like, I just like having a game three of Brandon Fodd against a Brewers team that's been walking a lot recently. Yeah, dude, but I the, think that, that could be a problem. The Diamondbacks, though, have Buddy Kennedy and his 56 WRC+. Plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't – I don't – I'm not – I, I, I just, think that they could like Corbin Carroll is down, and they've they've actually been playing better without him. No, he's he's not hurt. Are you sure? I'm sure he's played the last five games in a row. I I, I think mean, I'm mistaken. I just think he's been playing bad. Oh, I thought you meant he was hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of expected that. I mean, I think his true talent is probably more like around like a 120 WRC plus. Yeah, where I mean he's still a very productive player, but I mean he's like he's not the guy that's going to carry your offense, and the rest of their offense is just like not like Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas. Like they're platoon bats, and they're just not even that good of platoon bats either. So yeah, I just um, don't know really what to think about them. Yeah, so I think that what's going on right now is there's two different. There's two different categories that I would group all these fringe playoff teams in the NL into. There's one category of the boring teams who probably won't make any noise in the playoffs that are probably going to end up winning at least a wild card game, maybe even a series. I think that the two teams in there are the Brewers and the Giants. I think that they can sneak into the playoffs. I think that they can win a playoff series potentially. Yeah. I, I and, mean... then, and then there's the teams that I think that they don't have as high of a floor but if they were to like reach their ceiling as the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Marlins, say the Marlins get into the playoffs, right? You walk in, you get in the playoffs, you get out of that wild card round somehow. You beat the you beat the Brewers because you have Jake. So they're top of their lineup right now. If we look at it, it's looking like if guys put it together, having a top five of Luis Arise, Jorge Soler, Josh Bell, Jazz Chisholm, and Jake Berger, and Brian De La Cruz, who has been playing good baseball pretty much this whole year. Like, I am pretty happy with that top six versus the Brewers' top six. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, their, and their rotations, I think, aren't super far apart. Like, you have Sandy versus probably Burns game one. You have Jesus Lazardo versus Woodruff game two. That would be I – would, I would love to sit down and watch yeah. that series. Um. Game three, I think that ultimately Miami would have the advantage. But I'm like I'm saying is what I was getting to is 
the Marlins kind of have that high ceiling but a low floor because yeah. if they're if they're not hitting, they're not hitting. I their just bullpen isn't good. I just don't think they have the depth in their bullpen and starting rotation to make it during the regular season. It's yeah. probably what it boils down to. Yeah, we're already talking about the playoffs. Like we're expecting, we're talking about these rotations as in in playoff terms, but we have to remember that there's a month left of baseball and you're going to need to win. You're going to need to win like yeah. the majority of your games to make the playoffs at this point, especially as the Marlins. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit like similarly skeptical of the Cubs though. Cause like, I think. We, I think that they're a little deeper though. And I'm yeah, more confident in. It's like interesting. Like who do the Cubs go to in game three? And like, is like Marcus Stroman coming back? Like, is he going to be oh, fully ready? I think he's done for the season. Yeah, so I think it's still you go to Kyle Hendricks game two, and then you go to Javier Assad. Yeah, like I I don't know, but I, I think that's like worse than the Reds. Like that's probably the worst. That like if you look at that, it's probably the worst rotation in the playoffs. And it's not. I mean, their lineup's fine, but it's not amazing. Like they still have Mike Talkman leading off every day. Yeah. So it's like yeah, I just think the Na- the National League is pretty weak in terms of. Like, if you talk about the American League, you just say, like, right off the bat, you have, like, the Mariners, Rangers, Astros, Rays, and Orioles. Like, those five teams in the National League, there are only, like, two teams really on that level when you talk about, like, the Dodgers and the Braves. So, I think all these teams are, like, super flawed, kind of. Yeah, I got you. Um, I think that looking at, like, if there was a bet, like to look at like the percent chance that the national league wins that world series versus the American league. I think that the national league is going to be heavily favored Yeah, because I think it's going to be either the Phillies, the Braves or the Dodgers. Yeah. Personally, I'm not, I'm literally not confident enough to put any American league team as like the world series winner right now. Yeah, I don't. We've talked about the Orioles. The Rays are just beat up right now. I don't think the, I don't think the Blue Jays like have I mean, enough pieces right now to do it. I don't think. I don't know. Dude. What I'm saying though is like if the the Blue Jays right have right now at a 43 percent chance, I think the Blue Jays are better than all these National League teams. Like I think the Blue Jays are better than the Marlins, Reds, Diamondbacks, Giants, Cubs, and Brewers. Like I agree. That's I agree. the thing. Like the bottom tier, like the teams who are going to just sneak in in the National League are not as good as those teams in the American League because like even the Red Sox, I think, are pretty like, even though they only have a 4.7 chance, like they're a pretty on par team with like the Diamondbacks. So, yeah. I um, let, Let's just do one more exercise before we kind of head out. Uh, let's go through, we're going to get into a lot of playoff stuff soon. Give me your. Mm. No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Okay. So, who are so we? Would you agree that our two our two World Series favorites are the Braves and the Dodgers? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. So, give me your three teams that you think have the best chance to win the World Series in the entire league, besides the Braves and the Dodgers. <sighs> All right. This is tough. All right. So I think number one, the Houston Astros. 
Okay. Number two, I think. Number two, I think is the fit. Number two is the Philadelphia Phillies. I think the Phillies are going to win the World Series. Okay, I say Astros, Phillies. And then third, I would say probably the Rays or the Mar- the, the Rays. I would think I think I would say the Rays. I don't know. I, I just think I, I, I think I'd just replace the Rays with the Mariners. But I think that that's just because I'm not confident in the <laughs> if the, if the Rays somehow piece this thing together and win a World Series. I mean, I think that that's more impressive than a but, twenty game Moneyball run. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely, I don't. I mean, dude, this might be the dude the best rotation in the league is on the IL right now. Like, imagine, imagine a Shane Ba, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Tyler Springs. Glasnow. Even say, even say Tyler Glasnow is now dust. You still probably have one of the best rotation. You probably do have the best rotation in baseball. Yeah, well, like, I think like Glasnow, Savali, and Eflin is a fine three to have, and then yeah, you could I probably agree. like. I mean, go with like a Zach Littell opener, which is like not ideal, but use him more as like a three inning guy. And then yep. their bullpen started off pretty weak, but it's actually been pretty good recently. Like they were one of the worst bullpens at the beginning of the season, but they've definitely like found some guys like Robert Stevenson has been absolutely amazing. Like he's like another one of those raised guys. Like you look at so 14 innings with the Pirates this season, 5.14 yeah. ERA, 4.44 XFIP. 28 yeah. innings this year with the Rays, 2.83 ERA, 2.44 XFIP. Yeah. Like, he's just completely flipped a season around. So, yeah. they've definitely, like, their bullpen has gotten stronger since the beginning of the year. So, yep. that's kind of why I went with them. But, but oh, but I guess Wander Franco's not playing. Shit. But they still do have, like, they have a lot of pop in that lineup still. Okay, I would probably go with... You have one of the most attractive men in baseball in Josh Lau. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude. I mean, Yandy D is leading off. You've got a mix of – okay, playoff Randy Rosarena. I think that if you put Randy Rosarena on the Oakland Athletics, I think that they're potent- – like if we were doing this exercise and yeah. the, Oakland a- the Oakland A's were a fringe playoff team, I would probably have to put them in like that third spot in terms of who's going to win the World Series because – I just can't wait. We've already talked about Randy on this show. Yeah, and and, uh, J.P. Sears has that dog in him. And so does Jose Siri. Yeah. I love Jose Um, Siri. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, All right, so... Okay. Got anything else? Let's talk about... um, Let's just... Who's playing the next couple series? Oh, Dodgers Braves. Wait, really? What time? Dodgers Braves tonight. Spencer Strider versus Lance Lynn. (laughs) Give me a pick. Give me a pick. Atlanta. Okay. (laughs) Tomorrow, Max Fried versus Julio Arias. The battle of two of arguably like top five lefties in baseball. I don't know if Arias is still at that level, but who are you taking tomorrow? Max Fried, Julio Arias. Max Fried. Braves. Okay. Game three is Bryce Elder versus Undecided. I'm taking the Dodgers game. The Dodgers, yeah. Bryce Elder is <laughs> not that good. Um, other series to kind of keep an eye on. Minnesota, Texas is starting up. You've got 
Giants Padres is interesting because I left the Padres out, but they still have a four like a four point four percent chance to make the playoffs. I'm so done. like they could be put they could be put away. Like I'm, done. I'm just saying this could be the series where they finally get put away. Yeah. And it's also um, they need a header tomorrow between Chicago and Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a big one too. Keep an eye on that. Jordan Wicks um, going. Yep. Uh, who else? Raise, good series. Rays Guardians, I guess, and Yay. Cal Quantrill. Has he's Cal back. Quantrill been pitching. He's been, this is no. I think he's been back? so bad that he's like spent time in AAA oh, this year. Mackerel. But I think they decided. So he, pitched, he, they, he last pitched on July fifth in the MLB. Yeah, well, and he was brutal this year. I, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're probably going to... No, he's been on the IL, but I think he's going to pitch instead of Curry because Curry's been horrible for them. But they they did just get Lucas Giolito. Yeah. Um, to, Los An- the, the Blue Jays need to beat up on the Rockies. Yeah. The Orioles... Philadelphia-Milwaukee is a good one. Yeah, and Orioles-Diamondbacks, too, is an interesting interleague matchup. Yeah, that is a good one, too. Um. Okay, I think that's all we got. Watch yep. some, watch some Braves, Dodgers. Watch some Twins, some Twins, Rangers. There's some good baseball on this weekend, so everybody give it a watch. Yeah, good sport. All right. Uh, with that being said, we will see you guys in the next week or so. Uh, thanks for listening to episode nine. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. Yep. Thank you.